This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. It feels like we're just carrying this over day after day after day. <laughs> we are, I'm right. Here with uh, Matt Williamson. In the morning screw me up a little bit, too. A little I mean, bit. All right. My days are all... They've completely run together. Yeah, I don't know. This what is what happens in training camp because you don't take weekends off. No, weekends don't matter at all. Weekend, right? every any the day of the week doesn't matter. You're no. working on the days the, the the players' team schedule. Right, right, right. When they're practicing, so I have no idea idea what day of the week it is. What I have that same feeling. Yeah, like, I think we're off on Sunday, but what? How far away is that? You know, I wake so. up in the morning. I must. I, I all I'm missing is is I got you, babe, playing. <laughs> Ground all, day, all I'm missing, because I just wake I wake up, oh, go get a shower, roll out of bed, go to the studio, go on, to practice, right, right. like hop in the car, write stories, then get up and do it again. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, yeah. rinse, repeat. Yeah, that's how I've been too. So, no, oh well, I mean, at least we have football to talk about, and it's sure beats uh, you know doing a lot of other things for a living. There's no, I'm not complaining, but it is kind of running together. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Steelers uh, wrapping up uh, day seven of their mm-hmm. we're training camp yesterday. Uh, so uh, less than week well, away from this time next week, we'll have a game in hand. Yeah, how about that? So that'll be interesting. Yeah, um, it's massive. Yeah, we I don't, we won't do a show next Friday. I wouldn't think. Mm, I would imagine nobody said not. anything about us doing right. a show. I'm going to be in you Canton and I are still. doing shows from Canton. <laughs> we're going on to, yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. So we'll wrap up the the game. Up there, we'll of course yeah. we'll also be talking a lot about the Hall of Fame stuff. Um, that'll be fun. I'm excited to get up there and just see the environment and all that too. Yeah, uh, that'll be uh, what are we three to six? Three to days. six, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So and then back. So I to, imagine you're right. Probably Friday is nothing. Yeah, back uh, back at the drive then on uh, on Monday back at our. In our okay. I don't want to call this our normal slot. <laughs> no, I don't want them to get too comfortable putting their hair this early. <laughs> so it worked out so well. I, I'm also doing the post-game show with Adam Crawley, which is so another So you one. definitely wouldn't want to do the 8 a.m. slot at, <laughs> on, on here Friday. Like two. I mean, we take calls for like an hour, hour and a half or two after the game. Yeah. And some of those are a little uh, troubling. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you sent me a, a thing last night. Mm-hmm. Um this from Mike Sando, who we, we talked about him yesterday. Oh, okay, yeah. I forgot all the stuff I sent you, but I thought that was interesting. He said, Jared Goff's slide coincided with Todd Gurley's demise mm-hmm. in, in Los Angeles. That could validate the way some voters see uh, Ryan Tannehill in relation to Derrick Henry, um, Kirk Cousins in relation to Dalvin Cook, and Baker Mayfield in relation to Nick Chubb. The elite back can help any quarterback if defenses feel compelled to commit additional resources to stopping the run. This is what we've talked this about. Is, I thought it was just phrased in a different season. manner yeah. and backed up with some really good examples. And I'm like, that's what I've been trying to say. <laughs> you know I, mean, I mean, we used the Dalvin Cook, sure, Kirk Cousins. A couple of these guys. Yeah. But I didn't put two and two together about Gurley's demise happened to coincide with all of a sudden Goff stinks. You yeah. know? And where I'm going with this is, Right now, I mean, this was off Sando's quarterback tiers, and I just grabbed that blurb and thought, well, we should talk about this because this is, I liked how this was phrased. Because really, to me, Cousins, Tannehill, Baker, they're all in the same tier. Tannehill's the best of the group and has had the most success and has some really impressive stats, but 
Golf took a team. Golf took a team to the Super Bowl. Exactly. Like with he's considered, Todd Gurley at his right. He's considered the worst of those groups, but because but he lost his back. You know, yeah. like that's where I was going with this. Like if Cousins lost Cook for a year or going forward, he might fall to golf land. You know where he is now, and maybe Tannehill would too. Maybe Baker would too. And I certainly recognize that Roethlisberger was way different than that. But late in his career, he's I'm not even saying he's at the game manager tier, but he's inching towards there for sure. And you and it's certainly smart to have him manage games more and have that back that helps him. But I thought when it, when they said it that way, I was like, it is true. As soon as Gurley fell apart, Goff did. You have so, no. There's no threat. There's no threat. And, you know, and they're all good receivers. Well, not Henry, but they're even easy throws for him. Yeah. They're, you know, it, it's and I, and the analytic folks can't judge that in any way, shape, or they form. They can't. Like that, you know. And it goes back to you know the Steelers averaging over their final ten games last season fifty yards rushing per game. Yeah. That's worse than not have like not you you not only had no threat to like there was no threatening running back there was no threat to run there's no threat to run right that, that it became too difficult for sure but you can't tell me whenever you're a linebacker and you see Nick Chubb or Henry or Cook or Gurley in his prime or hopefully what Harris is going to become that doesn't make play in the pass or you know things a lot harder you know in both phases you know yeah. those backs that can do a lot or they're the foundation of their offense these teams build it that way for a reason, knowing who their quarterback was. And I think it is a little frightening when that back isn't there. And Ben's had to deal with that for some time now. Yeah, for sure. And, and that should change this year. In fact, I, I, you know, I, I, I actually fashioned a story on DK Pittsburgh Sports about what we talked about yesterday on the mm. show, the two-point conversions. Oh, okay. And, and how the Steelers can now – Stress a defense, sure. With with what they have there, and I, and I actually asked uh, first. I asked Jerry Elsavsky about it, uh, the Steelers' uh, inside linebackers coach. Um, I guess he prepares for that for seven shots every day. Yeah, you know. And I said, you know, I asked. It was kind of a two part question. I said, you know, I we, I talked about the play that they had run the the day before, where Najee Harris split out wide. Mm-hmm. And you know, not the first time we've seen that. By I said the way, Devin right? Bush was went out there with him, so you're obviously you're tipping that you're in man, yeah, uh, right away. Uh, and I said, is that the toughest play for an inside linebacker to handle, going all the way out to the boundary? You're basically a corner. You're basically yeah. playing cornerback. Right, right. You know, you're you're used to being more in the slot. You're used to being in the middle of the field. Now no, all of a sudden, you're, you're you're going out in no man's land. They, they, they call that the island for yeah, a reason. Right. You're he, out on the island. He doesn't know how to use the sidelines as his, as his best buddy and things like that. Yeah. You know, so you just no, you just don't get asked to do it a whole lot. What, what did Jerry have to say about it? He said, you know, and I said it looked like Devin had pretty good coverage on that. Mm-hmm. And yet it was unstoppable. Yeah, you know, it was an easy touchdown. He said we could have been a little closer to him initially. It's hard when you play linebacker to not line up three or four yards away from somebody. That's a good point. You're yeah. probably not worse. You know, used to playing. You're not used right to playing face up to somebody. Right. Yeah. Uh, down there in that situation, we try to work on getting as close to the line of scrimmage as you can. If you watch it again, like we did, it was like, hey, Dev, just move up another yard, and when you intersect the route you'll be in a little better position. He was in good position, but his alignment would have made a, a better result for us. So, 
Just shows how much coaches know, too. Right, you know, yeah. Right. You know, it's just one breaking step it down. Forward, right. Yeah, if you're one step closer than when you, when, you, when you make that pass. But at the same time, you move up and do that on Najee Harris, he's 6'2". Mm-hmm. He's got really long arms. Oh, he's got the size advantage across the yeah. board on you. And, and I don't care who the line, uh, other than maybe Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we've seen him catch the fave routes and do those kind of oh, things. Yeah. I mean, he's Over really good high-pointing the football, yeah, yeah. going up and getting big, strong hands. So you have to be cognizant. You know, you have to be aware of that. He he, he doesn't have just one route out no, there that he can like run. No, he's a typical back that's yeah. just going to sit down or, you know, right, yeah. right, right. Um, and I said, well, what, how about, what about Najee in that situation? Is, does he stress a defense more than most backs? He said, he's a weapon. He's definitely a weapon. You know, you expect Devin to nullify that. We're talking about a foot in alignment, which is some something you can easily take care of. It was nice to see. You've got two well-conditioned, mentally strong uh, players going at it. I'm glad to see it happen. Cause it Sounds helps, like a coach. It you know, helps Devin out. Happy yeah, with his it guy. was a teachable moment for right. Devin Bush. Right, right, right. At the same time, it just shows how small it, the game of inches of football, too. You, you know, know, like that that first time that that, that they that, you know they, let's say they come out in that formation in the in the opener against mm-hmm. Buffalo. Here's the thing: the next day, they're in zone defense. Yesterday, okay, and they split out wide, and now okay, now you get a linebacker on Chase Claypool. Well, oh, yeah, touchdown, right? right. It was a touchdown, <laughs> right, right. and that's an obvious mismatch, yeah. right? And, and it's a great coaching point, obviously, by Jerry, and and that's all. That's how coaches think. Like, if you would have taken that step forward, maybe it wouldn't have been as much of a mismatch. You made it a mismatch because you weren't aligned properly. He's 100% right. But on the 50th play of the game in Week 12, how many linebackers are going to align yeah. exactly properly? And half of them aren't as talented as Bush to begin with. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's just, it's, I mean, it, it stresses you. That, that, that package that they can put on the field now. Oh. I mean, you you know what they have at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Ebron went to the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. When As he a caught, receiver. He caught 13 touchdown passes. Yeah, right, right, right. Many of them down short like that. Fire I moves, about how many touchdowns he's got. Yeah, Fire moves a, a weapon down right. there. Harris is a weapon down there. And, oh, by the way, can also run the football in that situation. Think about how many touchdowns Harris and Fire moves combined for last year. It's a bazillion. I mean, I know what a lot of Actually, Firemuth only had one last year. Oh, he did, huh? Yeah. I thought he was he had great red zone numbers. The year before the that. The year before. He only okay. played, remember, he only played four yeah, he played games. games. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but, but they both have a tremendous history of getting in the paint. Yeah, I mean, he has 16 touchdowns and 92 catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Harris has caught in the last two seasons in college, caught 11 touchdown passes. Yeah. And it's, they're not coming from behind very often in no. the fourth quarter. Yeah. Right, right. So I mean, this is this is what you've now given Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. These are his best weapons, I think, since 2015. I tend to agree. I think there's more depth. There's no weak links. You know, there's no guy that eh, he's not quite as good as the others. I mean, they always had. Yeah, they always. You know, after Heath Miller retired in 2015, they've been kind of trying to piece it together at tight end. Yeah. Right. 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 Know. Yeah, the Ladarius Greens and the you know yeah. th- those guys. McDonald was fine, yeah. but you're right. Um, you know, I, I think they could go Ebron Harris three receivers and run out of that very well if you're against a light box or against a light defense. You could even go empty out of that, you know, yeah. easily. Or you could get big with Ebron, Fryermuth, Harris, and two receivers. 
And Ron Juju's will be out of that. Yeah, Juju's your smallest guy on the field. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, and everywhere in between. Yeah. You know, they got a lot of options there. You know, you'd still have Watt at fullback who could probably not going to play a ton, but it's, it's one look that they probably haven't prepared for or sixth offensive lineman or four wide. You know, Washington's a pretty good player too. Yeah. You know, so they, they're deep. Yeah, I asked uh, Tomlin uh, d- just to follow, finish up on the, the two-point conversion mm-hmm. stuff. I said, you know, you, you haven't done it as much in recent years. Do you, do you think with what you – the diversity that you have there um, offensively, could, you, could that be back this year? And he says, you know, I'm always open to that. Um, when I feel comfortable with our ability to win those moments, I like to be thoughtfully aggressive, so certainly. Okay. Uh, it's been on his mind, it sounds like. Yeah, that wasn't a oh good idea, Dale. Yeah, yeah no, probably, or right. you know that's that's not something we're worried about right now. He, I mean, he actually answered the question. Wow, and I really expected his answer something to that be, they've been thinking about. Yeah, yeah, I really expected the answer to that question to be. We've had success with it in the past. I'm open to the idea, but this offense needs to prove it can you know prove itself first or something like that. Where yeah. this was a little more like, yeah, we kind of like it. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they do seven shots every day to open yeah, practice. Yeah. And the offense has been winning, especially with Roethlisberger on the field, mm-hmm. pretty consistently. Really? In those situations. Which is great. Like, typically, they'll, they'll get two out of three. Wow. Well, again, if you're, if you're getting two out of three against that defense. Yeah, right, right, right. That knows your tendencies yeah. and is one of the best defenses in the league. Certainly, again, you, you want to hit over 500, probably 55, 60% would be ideal where it's clearly a win. But... If you're having that kind of success in practice, why not? Yeah, and they know your plays. And they, that's what I mean. Like you're doing well, the same right, thing. Right. They, you know, they, you're not going to run 50 plays from. No, they. Well, we saw that one last week. Right, you know, right. They, they know Still what you're stopping. Yeah. Um, so that's intriguing. But the uh, the running back again, it, 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 Najee Harris. Um, I just think the stress he takes off the other 10 on the field he's with, especially the one wearing number seven, is immense. I think and the, we just showed and the, several the, really good examples of it from around the league. And the stress that he takes off the defense. I mean, again, he gets you five less plays on the field. Yeah. Over yeah, the yeah. course of the season in 17 games. Really adds up. It's 100 plays. That's And, that one, and on, on those 100 plays, one guy gets injured that didn't. You yeah. know, things like that. I mean, there's little a things. to that, too. It's right. the little things that, that, that the running back can make the difference. Again, I don't think any of that is factored in by the analytics people. No, I, and I don't know how you do it, but – then maybe they need to reevaluate the value of different positions because it's more than just, yeah, I can find one in the eighth round or, or the, the fifth round, or I would rather have that money tied up in a tackle for five or six years than a running back at a good price. But there is an effect. I mean, there, there's no doubt. Yeah, it's a trickle-down effect. And, and the the guys that, that Sando mentioned there. Yeah. Um, Best examples you could ever say. Yeah, they all got paid, too. They all get paid. The <laughs> There's a reason the team it. paid them. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a guy I'm not going to mention who's a, a football mind that I very, very much trust that it was late in the year last year texted me and said the Steelers are Nick Chubb away from being one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. You know, the one of the very best teams in the league. I wrote back, I'm like, wow, could you imagine what they would have been like with Nick Chubb last year? Yeah. It was, you know, an early yeah, second-round pick. I'm not going to put that on here. I think Nick Chubb's – Really good. I think he's one Love of. Yeah. I think he's one of the top five runners in the league. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know that Harris is that. We'll find out. And I, I, I don't think Harris he is. He isn't as explosive. I don't know if he'll hit the long ones like Chubb, but he might be more durable. Maybe. I mean, he's definitely a way better 
And he's a better receiver. Weapon. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why I mean. Uh, you know, so I, you know, we've seen Chubb get nicked up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in his career. We haven't seen that with Harris. Well, we didn't see it with Harris in college. Right, right, right. And you know how the Alabama likes to. Oh yeah, they grind it's, those it's guys into a nub. Yeah, yeah. And practice isn't easy either. Yeah, um, so it, it, it's it's interesting. I, I think you know, adding a guy who could potentially be a top ten running back in the league. Helps. I think it has a massive effect. Raises for all boats. Your aging quarterback, <laughs> the next quarterback. Yeah, you know all of the above. Yeah. The offensive line. Without yeah, question. Going to be interesting to see what we'll. Uh, I don't know how much we'll see of Najee Harris in the uh, in the in the preseason opener. I hope uh, zero. Yeah, probably. I, I, I wouldn't play one one snap. Not now. When you want him out there with the ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm playing much in the preseason period. Get him a few carries. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna play him some, but. That's a valuable commodity. It is a valuable commodity. You want to save those carries for when they matter. Yep. Uh, But that's going to do it for this segment. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, uh, I'm Dale Lolly. We'll be back uh, right after this with more of the show. Don't you go anywhere. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Matt, we've got a couple of days of uh, open practices in the books. Yeah, yeah. Starting to get some ideas about, well, things that I, I have ideas. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but getting a better, I can I can actually talk about things you're seeing. Things and, I'm yeah, seeing. There's fans in the stands and you know, there could be anyone up there reporting in, or in their version. So it's legal now to talk yeah, about. Yeah, right? their opinions on such things. Um the offensive line, does it bother you that they haven't gotten that group, the presumed starting group, on the field together uh, at this point? A little, just because there's so much lack of continuity there. You know, every rep matters. Why not use this time to get advanced? But compared to the rest of the league, they still have a weak head start. So... If you compare it to 30 other teams. Dallas has kind of been doing the same thing there. They've got a bunch of guys on the pup list. And yeah, right, like right. You know, Dak Prescott's not practicing now. Part of me looks at it like, why not take this extra week as a real advantage to – but uh, I, I think that's just not how the NFL works You're anymore. still getting to rep your stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think now more than ever, and we've seen it over the last couple of years, the, maybe the number one goal of training camp, or certainly near Don't get the top hurt. of the list, is – Get everyone to the starting line, and now yeah. you got an extra game too. You know, like I think teams figure it out in the first month of the season. Do you think the extra? Uh, how much? Do you I have mixed feelings a, about that. But how much of a factor do you think the extra game will be this year? Uh, we, like Kevin Colbert talked earlier in the week. Um, you know, he's like, you know, we could see Mike Tomlin give more veterans off during the middle of the week and things of that nature. Yeah, that might make sense. Especially once they've proven themselves, you know, that maybe not the offensive line, unless it's, you know, the pounces and the Castros might not get it anymore. You know, there's nobody on the line. Um, I don't know. I mean, last year, the Steelers kind of basically got robbed the bye week. They had to play three games in 11 days. And I'm not saying it's a direct result, but it had to contribute to not playing as well at the end of the season as the beginning. Yeah, they did. You know, and I, I brought that up uh, last week in, a, in an article on, on DK Pittsburgh Sports. And it was it was some, something, it was after we talked to Ben. Yeah. And there's still people out there saying, 
Oh, that that kind of stuff happens all the time. Teams play three games in 17 days. Last year stuff doesn't happen all the time. That doesn't happen. Like, okay, you go into a season as a coach. You get the schedule and you know what you you're going to You get the schedule. Play, right? Okay, so these I'll give my I'll give my vets off these days. Yeah, right, you lay it out to the minute. Yeah. And this will be a true buy. We're going to yeah. Here's what Mike Tomlin when the Steelers play a Thursday night game, the practices are practices they're walkthroughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's right. in hats. Everybody, right. they're just walk. There, there's no physicality whatsoever to those practices because you just played a game two, you know, two days before that, and you're going to play another one because you don't practice Monday. Right. You, you always pr- spell this out every year. You come back on Tuesday. You played a game two days before that, and you're going to play a game two days after that. He's not going to beat these guys up and practice on Tuesday when you play. You know it's, that schedule. It's kind of when you play three and eleven, and you weren't planning on playing and three and eleven. Right. You did have those practices. Like you they had no idea you may have when that Ravens different for that stretch. Yeah. And you didn't ever get the bye to self examine yourselves or the projects you were gonna do on the bye now get thrown away. You know, there's such creatures of habit. I'm that when the schedule comes out, I'm sure Tomlin sets it up and he can get off of that, but we're not getting any practice time here. This looks like a stretch we'll be tired. This is a time that I can get my coaches out of the building and they can go see their family and get morale back up and give them a small little project to do and all those type of things. And every year, kind of like you just did, the Steelers inevitably play on a Thursday and you always lay it out. Really, folks, you would think, you know, if you give the Pirates four days between games, you would think, wow, they're super well-rested and they're more prepared for this game than ever, or the Pens or whoever. But in the NFL, if you travel, you basically don't get a practice. Right. You lose a practice And day. if you home, have a home game, you do, but it's not going to be a physical one. I mean, it's going to be a mentally based, yeah. you know, practice. And it just shows – I just think Thursday night football is bad for football. So, three and 11 days <laughs> is worse. <That's, laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not making excuses. Yeah. They're not the only team in, that had a hard time with COVID. But they got the short end of the stick in a couple of situations. Yeah. It, it just – it, it takes you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. In those kind of situations, you're just going to run what you run. You're not coming right. up with any scheme or you know team specific schemes like we're all we're, we can we've been you know repping this play to use against mm-hmm. such such and such team. No, you you're going to go out and run, run your better. stuff right. And, and to, that's the NFL's argument for why there should be division games on Thursday because you know each other. You know each other, yeah. And I get that, but to me, I, I look Those at the Those are opposite. important games. These are the most important games, yeah. and this is when both teams are at their worst. Why are we making it count so much? Why not have an AFC-NFC game that day? Yeah, the, the Thursday games going away wouldn't bother me one bit. No, but it's I'm a lot of I'm not a big fan. I, I get the, you know, Monday nights have been around for forever. Sure. It's just an extension of Sunday. That's, that's not a huge deal. No. Unless you're playing a, you know. Well, if you got to. If you got to fly from coast, coast to coast. Or, yeah. Right, right, right. That's a little different. You're not getting. morning. Yeah. That goes back to what you know Bob Labriola was talking about a couple of years ago when the, when the you know the Browns were suddenly oh this, they're the hot team. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that if you haven't had to deal with it on a regular sure. basis? There's something to it. It goes back to that scheduling thing that that we just talked about. You know Mike Tomlin has been through it so many times that yeah his players that. have been through it so many times. Okay, I know if I got a West Coast or if I've got a a game in Seattle on a Monday night. Ooh. The next day shot. The next day shot. Right. You're not getting back until 7 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. Whatever and there's it is. probably some jet lag and stuff. Could, yeah. You know, over, overlapping there. Prepping the next week's going to be really difficult yeah. to, to sum it up. So you, you know take I mean? it easy on the players that week. Absolutely. And I hope you don't travel the next week. You hope you're home. Yeah. And usually the NFL helps you, but not 100. percent You know the the other thing too is I'm, 
I know it's not necessarily always feasible, but when they went to a 17-game schedule, I was really hoping for two bye weeks so those Thursday nighters wouldn't be short, you know, that you'd have a bye going into a Thursday nighter. Because I also think, you know, it has a lot to do with player safety, too. Like yeah. The product's not as good. It's not a good, good enough representation of who really is the better team. But more importantly, I think it's not healthy for the players' bodies. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing. So I think, you know, when you have – you know, Mike Tallman gets the uh, – the, 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 you hear the, the players' coach thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. Who, are the, who are the real, quote-unquote, non-players – you know, who's not a players' coach in today's NFL? Belichick? Belichick. Yeah, Belichick. That's about it. I don't know, because I've also heard guys like Shanahan and McVay and the real X's and O's dudes – sometimes look at their players like their video game Disposable. guys. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they're just not yeah, – I can win with Goff or Cousins or whoever. It's more me, which is kind of a selfish way of explaining it and probably a selfish way that they look at and it. And it's, as it's been proven – That's a tough way to win. When those guys haven't had the Jimmys and Joes, the X's and O's have not mattered as much. No, it's 100% true. You I know, mean, McVay's been very successful each time, but he's had great players. But he, a couple, what was it, was it six and ten? I think a couple years ago, coming off the Super Bowl, the Rams. Yeah, weren't they didn't they weren't quite as good coming off the mm, Super Bowl. I think he's had a pretty good record yeah, every step of the way. I mean, like, Shanahan's been the head coach three years, got hit, hit hard by injuries two of them, but they were amongst the worst teams in the league those two years too. You know, and then and then went to the Super Bowl and lost. Okay, they were not. They went nine and seven. Nine and seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, so again, they they went eleven and five, thirteen and three. Some of the injuries, what we talked about in the previous mm-hmm. segment, all of a sudden Todd Gurley shot you 9-7. Right, right, right. So the so Jimmies and Joes do matter. Oh, 100%. <laughs> They've also, especially with that team, they're so top-heavy. You know, Ramsey yeah. and Donald make the world go round. What's kind of interesting is if you look over the last three years, this is a football outsiders thing, the Rams have been by far the healthiest team in the league. The Niners have been by far the most injured team in the league. So – they're obvious competitors, similar styles coaching, and you wonder about the Rams. I mean, part of me wonders, is their training staff a little better than the average one in the league? Is it just purely luck? There's, there's injury luck. I, I think most of it's luck. Yeah. Uh, is that Do they rest their players a little better so that they get a 5% difference than See, the rest that's one of thing league, I think or, Tomlin know? does a really good job at. You, know, you hear the next man up mm-hmm. thing thrown all out around a lot by Tomlin. And he does it to put that mentality, to, to put that grain of uh, of thought mm-hmm. within the players. Like, the you know, you're a backup, and you have to step in and play for whoever. Well, it's next man up. We got to have. We we can't have any drop off. There's going to be a drop off. Every coach knows there's going to be a drop off. Yeah. You're so pleasantly surprised if there isn't. They're yeah. like, wow, Highsmith's better than I thought. But you, t- <laughs> you, know but you mean, talk. Gonna... You, you wind up talking these guys into. Well, the expectation is I got to, you know, there's not, the only time I've ever heard him talk about the backups, them having to make adjustments for the backups was in 2019 with the quarterback position. Okay. You can't sell that you can't to the sell rest that of the to team. The public, to the yeah. rest of the team. And you can't sell a lot of it to the rest of the team. So yeah. let's say the Niners lose Trent Williams. Well, <laughs> everyone sitting in the offensive meeting room. Knows yeah. we never used to help the left tackle, yeah. and now all of our protections geared towards helping the left tackle. Like, I think there's a difference, coach. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, these guys aren't stuck. I mean, they understand. But I, I also think it, it puts that mentality with the team that, hey, just because we're missing said player, the expectation is still that we go out and win. Oh, Find absolutely. a way to win. We need you to play well enough to win. We're not going to use as, as an you. excuse of, of why we don't without win. Without question. You know? Without question. No, there's never – I mean, Belichick didn't make excuses last year. I lost my quarterback and all these guys opted out and, you know, they just – we still expect to win. Actually, he kind of did at the end of the he year. He actually kind of did. Yeah. And he kind of played last year like, I'm, I'm punting this year. I've had enough. Yeah, when he was yeah when he was asked about I can't remember the exact quotes about it, but he was, you know. He said, we had the, a lot of salary cap stuff. We had a lot he of really salary cap. Yeah. <laughs> Not much more than anybody You're the GM, else. Bill. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like I think last year was a big punt for the Patriots, especially after the opt-outs and stuff. Anyway. Um, where were we at with that? We've been going all over the place. Yeah, right? we've been kind of all over the place. Um, but I, I just think that that uh, you know when you have a, a veteran head coach, I wonder how some of the young coaches in the league, you know, like how's Dan Campbell handling? I look at the Bengals. Yeah, I mean he's been three and thirteen two years in a row, and they don't get the travel all or, and neither the Lions. Yeah. You know they're they're not asked to be on prime time a ton, but they still deal with things they haven't dealt with before. Yeah. And last year was a huge example, of course. Every yeah. team got rerouted at least once. I honestly or... think that uh, th- the lack of training camp oh. in preseason helped a team like the Steelers. I think so, too. We talked about it a lot last year. Mm-hmm. The scheduling quirks worked against them then. Everyone had it different, and they were on the low end of the. They were on the. T- they were the team that had probably the hit the hardest. That had more games moved around. Right. The right, league right, has right. said this year. For the, they've already said they do, they're not going to do an 18th week this year. That's okay, not right, going right. to happen. That's off the table. Yeah. So and, and a lot of it's back to who's vaccinated and who isn't. Yeah. You know, if you're unvaccinated and and you come up positive, we're not helping your team because of it. Right. You know, which is big. Yeah. No, it sounds like the schedule's likely to stay the same unless some new strand. I mean, yeah. who knows? But but you it, shouldn't see teams hit like they were last year where the entire, you know, hey, your entire offensive line has to set out practices this week. the weekend. Broncos, you don't have a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Things kind of like a big deal. Any crazy Tuesday-Wednesday games or things but there, like that. But there are coaches that I that I trust to maneuver this. The handle the rapids. Handle the, yeah. Yeah, you know, I agree. You get thrown a curveball and you're, you don't, you don't you know, your knees don't buckle. Tomlin's at the top of the list on that yeah. to me. Um, you know, and, but along those lines, how we started the, the segment was these guys lay things out, and he probably looks back and says, "Last Tuesday, I would have practiced one thousand percent different than I did. Yeah, I made it a Rudolph Haskins type pat practice, thinking I had all this time before you know. When really, if I knew I was playing when I was, I would have been prepping for the Bron- the Ravens or whoever. Yeah, too, you know, Ravens had it tough too. They had a couple games where they didn't have their guys. Yeah, you know." Yeah, that I mean, is what it is. They did that to themselves. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, we're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. When we come back, uh, ESPN's put some player prop bets, their best oh, NFL that. player prop bets up. Let's talk about some of those when we come back nice. right after this. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Tune to the drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, as I mentioned, uh, ESPN put together some of their best uh, player props bets for 2021 uh, for quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers, the over-unders here. Can I throw one thing in here first? Yes. 
don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I have a betting angle that I think would never lose. Okay. If you had a gazillion bazillion dollars, if any of our listeners I wouldn't bet it. do this, they should take my <laughs> advice and send me 10% when they win at the end of the year. What if you went to every player prop, every one, and bet the under? I think you'd win because people get hurt. People get hurt. I mean, I think if you, there's a loophole there. I mean, it's hard to do, and you got to have a lot of money to do it. I mean, I guess you put a buck on every player. You don't have to put a bazillion dollars on every player. But if you bet every under, I think you win. Probably. I, I don't know. It's true. Well, we, you could, we could print these out and look at them after the season and see how it works out. Well, we got to do all of them. Cole Beasley, we got to do, I mean, every guy in the league. That would take a lot of. Uh, it takes a lot of manpower. Yeah. But if you're a rich millionaire that's retired right now, you should do it. If you're a rich millionaire, you're not betting your money. You have nothing to do all day. You get to be a millionaire. Don't pop my balloon here. I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here are the, here are the props here that they put up here, the best ones. Jalen Hurts under 360 or 3,600.5 passing yards. Mm. 17 games. 17 we'll games. we say that 100 times. You think he plays all 17 games? Well, all these are based on him doing that, which is why my theory hits, because nobody, many of these people will not. And I'm sure they adjusted a little. 3,600 is a big number. That's for a pretty Hurts. big number. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's they're going to be losing safe. a lot. I don't think he gets benched. I'll still go under. That's, I don't think he's I a good passer. Carson Wentz over 3,675.5 passing yards. It's about the same number, huh? About the same number. A little bit higher. They're going over with him, under with Hurts. I don't think he gets benched either. Yeah. Um, okay. Better surrounding cast. Better passer still. I yeah. mean, I, both, I know they were equally. I think that I think that goes over. I'm yeah, I'm pretty cool with that. Here's a okay. Here's one little loophole for that though. If the Colts season isn't going well, if they bench him for under seventy five percent of the snaps, they only give up a second round pick, not a first round pick. Right. So week eighteen, when you need this to hit, if they're not in the playoffs, they might be like, we really want to see what Jacob Eason could do. Oh, there's no doubt they you know, do something keep their like first that. round pick. Yeah. So. Uh, I might go under on that one. Daniel Jones over thirty seven hundred point five passing yards. I think I'm going under on everything Daniel Jones related, no matter what the number is. I love his weapons, but their O line's horrendous. Shane Lemieux got carted off yesterday, yeah. and the only thing good about Shane Lemieux is he wears sixty six. I mean, their line's bad. But he's a starter, yeah. And Jones was hurt last year. I'm going under on Daniel Jones. Baker Mayfield over thirty nine hundred point five passing yards. I'm going over. You're going over 3,900? I am. You think he goes over 4,000 yards this year? I think that offense is going to be quite good. I mean, I keep going back to two things last year about the Browns, and it's really not even a Baker thing. Three games in slop. I mean, they played three games in a row in the worst weather of the well, year. Well, they do. They play in Cleveland, so you expect to I mean, have there might some be one yeah. or two here, but, I mean, they dealt with three in a row that his numbers were really, really low. And I can't believe that their passing game is better without Odell. I mean, it, I well, he's got to prove that he can stay healthy for a full no season. question. And he hasn't done so in, since 2014. But I bet he gives them more than he did last year. Maybe. I mean, he hasn't in two years. Yeah. But now I'll go over on that. Okay. Joe, I also don't think they can just run the ball like crazy either. Joe Burrow over 41.50.5. Over. Yeah, they're going to have to throw. Gonna gonna have throw. To. Assuming he's right in week one, which. I'm sure he'll play, but is he right in week one? I think he's really good, and I think their weapons are really good. These ones are a little bit more interesting because they're passing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. These are That's a little bit harder thing to yeah. bet on. Sam Darnold, under 21 and a half touchdown passes. 
Hmm. That's 17 games. 17 games. It's just over one a game. Yeah. I think I'll go over on that. Yeah. And McCaffrey will catch five or six. Darnold's I mean, production or projection is 17.2, according to ESPN. So that's a four under. Yeah. They think he's going to throw one touchdown a game. They think that the, the, the Panthers are going to be one of the run-heaviest teams in the league. But McCaffrey's going to catch a bunch of passes. I, McCaffrey's going to take three swing passes to the house yeah. that Darnold had nothing over to with do that. with. I'm yeah. going over with that. I think I go over. No question. Uh, Ryan That's Fitz- a low number for yeah. a 17-game schedule, and I don't think he's getting benched for anybody. Ryan Fitzpatrick under 22-and-a-half passing touchdowns. I'm going to go under. Just because he I, starts all the whole year. Yeah. I, I wish there was somebody else. That, I mean, I think they like Heineke more than people realize. Yeah. But I think Fitz throws four interceptions and then the next day throws two and gets benched at halftime at least once this year. Yeah. Because that's who he is. That's who he is. And he then is. he goes out you know, three weeks later and throws five touchdowns. Yeah. Passes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's He'll what get back. he does. But I bet he doesn't play every snap, even if he's healthy. Trevor Lawrence, under 24 and a half touchdown passes. That's Boy. a big number for a rookie. It is, but they got a lot of weapons. He's going to play, he's although they're, play. they've opened camp with, with, with he and uh, – um, Minshew? Minshew sharing time so at the one. To me. I, I don't. Uh, Urban Meyer might overthink things, and he may not be an NFL coach, by the way. But Only note, four rookie quarterbacks have reached 25 touchdown passes in league history. I think they've all been the last couple of years, though, right? Isn't it Herbert and Mayfield? And I mean, I think they're all recent guys. It's, a couple of them are. You know, I mean, times are different now. They're different, but... It's not a bad offense. I think I lean over. His projection is 22 and a half. But this also, I mean, I lean over on a lot of these, but that's the beauty of what Vegas does here. If you go under on all of them, which nobody wants to do, you win. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr over 24 and a half passing touchdowns. I think I'll go under. He had 27 last year. Yeah, he had a really good year. And they got weapons. I like their passing game. I like Carr. I I think that line is sticking in my head. And I think Gruden loves to pound the rock in deep with Jacobs and those guys. Matt Ryan under 28 and a half passing touchdowns. Under. His projection is 24.7. Okay. That would be a really down year for Matt That would be a really down year. And I think they'll throw a lot. They don't have a a true – I mean, Mike Davis is the the lead running back. Are they going to pound him in the end? You know. Probably not. Is it going to be a lot, a lot of short passing touchdowns? How many touchdowns is Pitts going to catch? Yeah. What do, what do, you, what do you think his over-under touchdown reception number is? Seven? I was thinking seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. one thing Julio Jones didn't do Maybe well. Not, cause not a, was not a never big a big touchdown right, right, guy. Right. I don't know. I think I'm still going under. Miles Sanders, under 1,025 and a point and a half rushing yards. Yeah, I think I'm under on that. He can't stay healthy for a full Yeah, season. I mean, I, I think Gainwell will be on the field a little bit. They got guys, they got a couple other retread types that might in, eat into him. I think that the jury's still out if he's an every down back. Najee Harris. Over. Over 975 and a half rushing yards. That would, that would, that would throw your your little theory out of whack. I think that Vegas is way too yeah, low I think they're on just missing Harris. on him. I, yeah. I bet they adjust that as the, as the summer goes along. Yeah, I think that's – I would bet every under except that one. To get to – in a 17-game schedule, now they, they, the talk before was, well, if they get a 1,000-yard season as a running back, I think he only had to average 63 yards per game or, or a wide receiver when they went to 16 games. What's the number, 963? 
I got my handy. Nine seventy five and a half. Nine seven five point five divided by seventeen equals fifty seven point four. You gotta average fifty seven yards a game. The Steelers average fifty yards a game with no running game. Yeah. I mean, I know he won't get every carry of every game, and of course he could get hurt. I mean, but that's that's baked in with all these guys. I think he averages 60 yards a game. I would hope so. I yeah. would hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the defense should keep games close. I mean, even if the, the offense is a disaster and the O-line can't block a soul and he's averaging three yards a carry. You know, those take are that one to the bank. Yeah, take that one to the bank. Damian Harris, under 850.5 rushing yards. I'm going over there. I'm not counting on him for touchdowns or catches. Over the past 10 years. Sony Michelle stinks. New England's leading rusher. This is 10 years, though. Oh. New England's leading, leading rusher has averaged 840.9 rushing yards per season. Yeah, I mean, that like adds to, up. They like to, to do the whole, you know, this guy, okay, he had a good game this week. Well, mm. We're going to change things up, and he, oh, this guy's yeah. going to. This team will attack with James White. That's why you will... don't draft Patriots but, running backs. Garrett Blunt probably never got that number there. Yeah. I think Harris is a better runner than a lot of those guys. I think their line's a lot better. But the I don't key think there's a lot bet, of competition. That's the thing. I, yeah. mean, I think Ramondre Stevenson's a little bit banged up now. Sony Michelle might, might not make the team. You want Mac Jones to be the quarterback, though. At yeah. some point, that would help your belt, bet a lot. And would really help his touchdowns, really. It's a fantasy note. Gus Edwards, the hmm. Gus bus, over 600.5 rushing yards. I think I'm going under that. That's a big number. It's a big number. I think Dobbins' role grows. Uh, Edwards doesn't break long ones. Edwards has recorded over 700 rushing yards in each of his three seasons. Yeah, I know he's been more productive than people realize. <laughs> and they just and that was money. with Mark Ingram. That was a three-headed backfield, right? I think they're going to throw more this year, though. I think their passing percentage will go up. They're still going to run the ball a bunch, though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 600.5 is a, is a low number for, for a guy who's had 700 in each of the last three I years. I wonder how many carries he averages per year. Because, I mean... How much? How many times do we say money talks? They extended him. Not I bet he the, gets a, 150 carries, at least. Probably. Those backs. I mean, that team always under this new system pretty much always leads the league in yards per carry. Yeah. Because of their unique system. I mean, it's not even necessarily the back. Yeah. Okay. I guess you can convince me on that one. Ezekiel Elliott over nine and a half rushing touchdowns. Under. I think I go over that. It's a big number. It's a big number, but you're, we're talking about them being one of the most potent offenses mm-hmm. in the league. You have to be concerned about those those receivers. He's going to be the short yard. Like, oh, he'll be the short yardage hammer. Emmett. You know, yeah. He, you know, they've always had that awesome dude that's great for fantasy. Uh, just a big number. I mean, other one besides a Derrick Henry or so betting for ten rushing touchdowns or more. Seems like a losing proposition. That's not 10 rushing touchdowns. Well, it is, not, it is 10 rushing I thought it was rushing, yeah. yeah. Okay. How about this one? Antonio Gibson over eight and a half touchdowns total. I think I'll go over. I'm a believer. That's basically one every other game. Yeah. Just hope he's used in the passing game instead of McKissick. Because McKissick's an accomplished type guy that coaches love. It's hard to get off the field. But there's no upside. Austin Ekelar under five and a half rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I think so. He won't be the short yardage guy. He, he, has, to, he has to score pounds, from distance. Yeah. He'll catch a ton of balls, but who cares? That doesn't factor in this. Yeah, I think I'm under on that. He's James three or four. James Connor 
over five and a half rushing touchdowns and over 575 and a half rushing yards. I'm feeling under on both. He's playing on a one-year deal. I, I, I trust him to stay healthy less than any player in the league. His projection is 711 rushing yards and 6.6 touchdowns. I, I think he could be a very good September player. I, I don't trust him to be. I don't trust him either. No. No. Keenan Allen, we're moving on to wide receivers. Over 1,050.5 receiving yards. Over. Model of consistency. Yeah. Kenny Galladay, over 1,025.5 receiving yards. Under. I, I don't trust him, to be honest with you. Robert Woods, over 1,000.5 receiving yards. Yeah, I'll go over. Yeah. I think he's a step above Cup, too. He's averaged 1,017.5 uh, yards per season, 69 yards per game. If he does that this year, he blows that, game. blows that number away. Yeah, one more game. Calvin Ridley, under nine and a half touchdown receptions. We we already talked Atlanta touchdowns through the air. I'm going to go lower. I mean, he scores one every other game. He still doesn't get there. Yeah, he scored seven and nine in his first two seasons. Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts, over six and a half receiving touchdowns. I think we set that at seven, we right? We set that at seven, so that's we set that right I guess up. over. Yeah. Odell Beckham, over five and a half touchdown receptions. I I'm don't a trust more of a believer him. than you. I don't trust him. I'll never convince you to draft him. don't trust him. Fantasy segments, but I'm going to go over. I don't trust him. And then the last one is Cortland Sutton, over mm. five and a half Touchdown receptions over 975 and a half receiving yards. I would rather go the over on touchdowns. Yeah, because I think he's I, he's the the target down there. I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater. If that's who the quarterback's going to, I don't trust. Lock tell me either. who the tell me who the quarterback's going to be. At least Locke will take chances down the field. He will. I don't know that he'll have as many first downs and time of possession and that kind I'll of check stuff. Check down Teddy. I think they just have too many good weapons. Too. Yeah, yeah. I. I have a hard time buying that passing game. The Steeler receivers aren't on here. Uh, if you had to bet one of the Steeler receivers to go over 1,000 yards, who would that be? Definitely Johnson. Clay, yeah. I think Claypool's average yards per catch will be higher. So, I mean, that doesn't have to catch many balls to do it. And if you had to go over eight and a half touchdowns for one of the Steeler receivers? I think I'd go under across the board. Across the board? Yeah. Claypool had 11 last year. Yeah. I just think there's – Back, sort of back to the two-point conversion conversation, I think they can spread it around. You know, as an advantage that, sure, the long ones could go to Claypool, but he may get a short one or two. But eh, Harris is as good an option. Friermuth can catch a few more, you know. Over-under on Harris touchdowns. Total? Total. Dozen. I was going to say 11. Yeah. So I think he's he set that at 11 and a half. I bet he gets four receiving you know, I think short yardage will be a lot more about let's just hammer it in there than let's get cute. Yeah. And hopefully. Yeah. So I, I yeah. So if you're betting those things, go ahead ben and touchdowns. use those number. Ben touchdowns. We had 33 last year. I'm going under. And sat a game. And sat a game. True. I'm going under that though. Because I think short yardage are going to run it more. I, like I, I would put his number at like 28. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. A guy his age, I would think, has a little less chance of playing all 17. You know, yeah. But I don't think you factor that in much. Yeah. So, anyways, those are the over-unders from ESPN. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. That, uh, that'll do it for the first hour here uh, on The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with Hour 2 right after this.